0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Civil Rights University podcast. This is your host, Brian Leonard, author, attorney, adjunct professor, uh, and founder of Civil Rights University, um, have a great episode for you today. Um, just to tell you a little bit about Civil Rights University podcast. Uh, each week we bring you um, new content that is relevant and useful um, to uh, those who are uh, fighting uh, on the side of civil rights and social justice as activists. uh, Attorneys, civil rights attorneys, and social entrepreneurs, or anyone that would just like to learn more about uh, civil rights activism. I hope you enjoy it. And again, if you want more information, as always, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast at on uh, iTunes. Uh, You can listen on Spotify and also Google Podcasts. Uh, Make sure again to subscribe, and also make sure if you want more information like this to go to. Uh, www.civilrightsuniversity.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at University Civil. Again, follow us on Twitter at University Civil. And again, without further ado, here's um, um, the episode of Civil Rights University Podcast. So for today's episode, again, this is Brian Leonard. Uh, I am the uh, founder uh, of uh, Civil Rights University, um, attorney, uh, author, adjunct professor, uh, and um, the author of the book, um, Movement Mentors. Okay. Um, Dred Scott, Homer Plessy, Reverend Oliver Brown, Three Courageous Men, Their Landmark Cases, and Their Enduring lessons. Uh So make sure you pick up a copy. Uh, they are available at Amazon. Uh, all, you can also go to our website at www.civilrightsuniversity.com and to get a copy of the book as well. And also make sure you go to civilrightsuniversity.com to sign up and to find out about um, uh, when we begin enrolling in courses and to be Uh, notified when we have new uh, content available uh, like these uh, podcast episodes. Also, make sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, on um, iTunes, and also you can listen on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. All right. So for today's episode, I want to talk about, um, and I'm going to try to do episodes specifically for uh, activists, uh, for those that would like to become activists. And then for those um, civil rights activists and those who would would like to become social entrepreneurs um, and sort of foundational episodes on these areas. And so one of the, but but in addition to that, of course, one of the audiences that we serve is those that would like to be or are uh, civil rights attorneys. Okay, Uh, Because there is a space for civil rights attorneys and civil rights lawyers. Uh, It's very important. Um, for those that would like to become civil rights attorneys. Um, and so th- the three, I-, I guess, major areas, and actually um, more recently I- I've thought about there being a fourth, but it's sort of the three sort of uh, traditional areas of practicing civil rights law deal with sort of um, three options. First is what we call impact litigation, okay? So impact litigation could be class actions, it could be... Uh, a uh, litigation that you know results in a favorable you know ruling for civil rights um, uh, issue area, um, or you know, or, um, or or like I said, class action. What that will have you know benefits that far exceed that of just the individual case. Um, and so a good example of that, like the ACLU, they do a lot of impact litigation, but not the only ones. Of course, the NAACP, LDF, uh, and, and similar organizations uh, do a lot of impact um, litigation. Um, and so that's it, you know. And it could be at the appellate level, could be at the district court level, could be at the Supreme Court level, U.S. Supreme Court level, or even the state Supreme Court level. So you deal with these. Um, cases that have this, what it means, the impact, these wide-ranging impact litigation. Uh, the second area, right, I said it's really sort of the direct services area that's really dealing with uh, providing services directly to clients. It could be clients that happen to be, um, uh, you know, unable to afford traditional legal services or the traditional cost for legal services. Could also be for those that are, um, are um, you know, dealing with a specific uh, issue area, for instance, uh, dealing with housing, um, uh, issues of discrimination, dealing with uh, employment discrimination, uh, dealing with, um, you know, immigrants' rights, things like that, and, and of course, disability rights. Um, and so then, and, but these are actually, you know, sort of direct services, you know, lawyer to client. Um, could be in a you know private, quote-unquote, law firm, or could be in a non-profit law firm or other public uh, agency or non-profit organization. Uh, but then the other uh, area um, is sort of what it calls a policy area, policy attorney. Dealing with actually trying to change public policy, whether at the administrative level, the state or federal um, legislative, right? So, looking at passing legislation, you know, uh, under circumstances. A good example of this, of course, there are uh, some some really groundbreaking pieces of civil rights legislation that is currently pending. Uh, with the U.S. Congress. Well, primarily, it's been passed by the House, but it's, let's is be honest, it's pending uh, and being filibustered uh, in the U.S. Senate uh, as we speak. And that is, of course, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, uh, the For the People Act, as well as the um, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Now, there is a fourth one uh, that I do want to mention. It's sort of kind of been hanging out there, and I think people have sort of taken their mind off it a little bit, but it's very, very important. And this is the um, and it's been renamed. Originally, it was sort of an anti-lynching bill, but it renamed the Emmett Till okay, anti-lynching bill. And it also has been languishing in the Senate, uh, I believe, due to Senator Rand Paul's objections to it. But essentially, again, um, you got to get that 60 votes to pass this legislation to even get it to President Biden's desk. And though currently, at least as we as we speak, uh, they don't have that threshold as of yet, uh, but these are but these are policies, right? These are policy. I remember uh, I, you know I mentioned about the series the ABA's been doing on becoming you know the civil rights lawyer, and in one of the segments, um, uh, the person that was a policy attorney is a policy attorney talked about oh well, well she I don't know she was a policy attorney, but at one point she was, and she talked about how you know she went into court and realized that, you know she's fighting these laws. And then she would go to city council or some other board that was responsible for passing these laws and would essentially say, hey, you know, this law isn't working or it's hurting this group of people or it's being used in a certain way. Or it's being interpreted in a certain way um, that is you know, detrimental to this group. And so she would find that that, um, you know, and, and eventually in some cases get them to change the law. And how that could actually work, and that could be a positive, have a positive impact, you know, in this area, and, and that's and that's true. And so, you know, so you have this sort of three-legged, um, you know, stand, if you will, uh, in terms of sort of how you practice as a civil rights lawyer, how you, you know, you have a law a career in civil rights law. Uh, but as with anything, as we said, it's not that's not the only way. Okay, but those are sort of, like, as I said, the traditional ways. Um, But there are others. There are many other options. There are many other opportunities. Um, There's no shortage of the need for those that um, want to and desire to have a career in civil rights law. There's no shortage indeed. Um, And so I think that that's one of the things. I think one of the things that's interesting, and of course, this is one of the things that we hope to be able to solve and one of the gaps we hope to fill with civil rights university, one of the interesting things that um, either through the questions or through this, the, the the panelists, again, referring to this series on the civil rights lawyer, uh, is this idea of um, training, right? And preparation, you know, uh, I think we talked in a previous episode about sort of the path. But what about the training? I mean, I think it's true. And I think in my case, it was true. I think I took one race in the law class in law school and I took one um Civil rights law, of course. And that was it. Well, I'm sorry, I took an employment discrimination course, but that was going to be my area, and that was my area of practice uh, for some years. And so that was it. But essentially, you know, the option, of course, I, I started out at a historically um, uh, um, uh, black co- uh, law school, but eventually, you know, got my law degree from a, um, uh, from a majority institution. Uh, but still, even uh, with that being the case, now I think there, there are a few more offerings, I think, at the historically black law schools. But in terms of law schools in general, the the number of courses that are focused on civil rights law. But, you know, it, you know, sort of more specifically. And of course, you know, I took civil rights law in general. And of course, you know, they deal with the various, uh, you know, case law and, and and the big subjects. And of course, we all have to take uh, constitutional law uh, as, a, as, a, as a required course. And of course, it's on the bar exam. But the lack of courses that specifically deal with, you know, boots on the ground, you know, um, nuts and bolts, civil rights law practice, I can tell you it's very difficult. I have not found um, the greatest example. Now, there's um, a law professor, I don't remember what school he's at now. He might be at the University of Virginia now, but um, uh, uh, Kim Ford Mazzard. He's done, uh, he actually did a case book um, on sort of civil rights law, and, and I actually. Do recommend it, so I'll see if I can I get it at some point, and we can talk about it. But so, so I mean, you, so you do have that. Um, and I got a chance to uh, present at a conference that he was at. Very nice, very, very obviously well uh, uh, trained and well uh, well versed uh, in the area of civil rights law. But that's the thing. I mean, there aren't many, right? I mean, there unfortunately there, there are not many. And certainly, uh, as Michael Kordex, uh remarked once in speaking to uh, University of Pennsylvania Law School. That there're you know there' you know there are countless courses right on you know antitrust and intellectual property and and uh, all these other things and, and that's great, and don't going me wrong bankruptcy I mean all of these things are great i mean it, and you know we need lawyers in all of these areas, but yeah. when it comes to really you know somebody said, listen, I want to specialize in civil rights law. It, it, it's really it's really not as much. And, and I think obviously we know sort of the public interest space um, doesn't get the, you know, the, the, the attention. And the you know the interests that certainly the, the big you know sh- you know white shoe firms or um, the big law firm big law as they call them or even some of the you know more well known agencies um, no know. instead I mean you do really have to chart your own course um, which you know and I and I do think that's possible though I do think there's a space for that I think there's a desire for that to have somewhere where you can have that course charted or or it can help you chart that course at least, somewhere where you can, you know, where there is sort of a path, and again, not just the path, but a path or multiple paths that can be laid out, Uh, and and or somewhere where, um, where, um, where you know, you can have just more resources, right? A place to go sort of, you know, nuts and bolts. I mean, I can tell you, in my years of practice, it's really just been, you know, Googling here, Googling there, trying to come up with stuff. And like I said, I, I can say in my own experience, I really haven't found it. Um, and of course, that's one of the catalysts that, that um, has um, really motivated me, if you will, to start a civil rights university, because I, I think with, you know, many um, professions um, and even subsets of those professions have, you know, their own organizations, they have their own uh, institutes, if you will. They have their own training programs, intensives, um, and that's great. <laughs> and even certifications, um, there are, you know, obviously different types of different. And of course, it's a state level, of course, that's what's determined. But there are different types of even certifications as it relates to, you know, law. You can be a you know, certified mediator. You can be a certified, you know, workers' comp attorney. Um, you know, and, and that's great. Again, definitely need in those areas. There's nothing wrong with that. But what about being a certified civil rights attorney? Um, I think there are those, not only those that you know just starting out, but I think even those that are in the field that could benefit from that. Um, not only from a networking standpoint, but from a again, you know, just like any other professional development organization, just like any other professional development courses, any other providers. Um I think there's some value to that. And I think it goes a little bit beyond CLE. Now there are there are certainly many CLEs out there. And obviously we all have to have CLEs. But I think it goes a little bit more than CLEs. I think you have the CLEs and that's great, but I think it goes a little bit beyond the CLEs. I think that you need uh you need a CLEs and, and certainly we need more CLEs devoted for civil rights practice and civil rights law. But I think it, like I say I think it goes beyond that. I think, you know, we, if you have a desire to help, and if you're passionate, as I am obviously about civil rights and social justice, I think there should be a place for you. And I think, uh, in the words of uh, Les Brown quotes all the time, uh, the great um, George Bernard Shaw says, "Listen, you know, people that make it in life, um, um, uh, if they don't, you know, find or can't locate the circumstances that they, that they want, they create them, right." Um, and so one of the things that I think, and I think this is true, you know, if you want to be a civil rights lawyer, you go out there, you don't see the organization or the law firm or the legal services that you think should be provided and you think you want to provide, then you can just create it. You know, it's waiting on you. There used to be a saying, and I don't know if this is true or not, I, I, I of course, I, there are books that I have on, of course, Young Thurgood by Professor Gibson, um, and and of course, you know, and of course, the, the you know, great book by Juan Williams, uh, American Revolutionary. But it, it, you know, you know, based on my research, I haven't found this sort of conversation I'm about to mention to be true. But um, you know, it, it's rumored. At least when I was in college, it was rumored to me and one of my professors said, you know, you know, Charles Hampton Houston, if you don't know, uh, was the real sort of, well, first of all, he was the dean of Howard Law School. He's the one that really, you know, transformed Howard Law School into the bastion of legal education that it is today, Um, um, you know, and and he was, of course, you know, Thurgood Marshall's dean and many others. Um, and, of course, you know, Thurgood Marshall's Prize student eventually worked together working on case in NAACP. And he led the NAACP legal effort, you know, prior to, to Thurgood taking over. And one of the things that um, I think, you know, again, so, so the way the saying goes is that, you know, one day they were you know, working uh, in the law library and that um, Dean Houston said, OK, Thurgood, go ahead and get the book on civil rights law. And so, you know, Thurgood went up the steps, and, uh, again, I'm don't, i I'm not sure about the law library there. I, I, unfortunately, I've never been hoping to go uh, one day. Uh, but, you know, you, you know, again, this is the story goes. He went looking into all the books and everything. He couldn't find it. So he came back down and said, said, Dean, Houston, I, I don't see it, you know. And, and uh, you know, Dean Houston remarked, great. That means you have to write it, okay. Um, I'm reminded also of Pauli Murray, who wrote what Thurgood Marshall at that time described as the Bible in terms of uh, employment, law, discrimination, and in terms of gender as well as uh, race um, uh, You know that, that, that existed. And so what happened was, is that again, you got this notion of, listen, if you can't find it, that's because you're the one that have to create it. Um, and, and there's really no way to get around that. And like I said, I've, I've, been, <laughs> I've been a you know a, a lawyer now for over 15 years, and, and I think that's true. I mean, I think that if you don't see the type of assistance, the type of help, the type of um, um, work that should be done, then you have to do it. Um, and so, again, that is, I think, one of the other lessons when you talk about becoming a civil rights lawyer, becoming a civil rights attorney, You know, be the civil rights attorney you want to be, right? I mean, I think one of the the huge challenges, and and it's true in law school, it's true everywhere, but certainly in law school, is there's always this push, right, of this pressure, if you will, to conform and and to sort of go along with what everyone else is doing. And it's never been done that way. And so, therefore, uh, you know, you cannot, um, you know, maybe in some cases you believe you can't do it. But you know it, that's just not true. You know, as, as as hard as it is to hear, it doesn't mean it's it's easy. Let me, let me be clear. <laughs> you know, one of my professors in law school, my first year, said, "Listen, pra- practicing law is hard anyway, right?" Um, and of course, uh, those uh, who participated in, the, in, in these panels uh, with the ABA on civil rights lawyer all um, um, confirmed, right, that you know, civil rights law is hard. Practicing law in general is hard. Civil rights practicing civil rights law is especially hard. Okay. But one of the things that I like, and I think I might have mentioned in the previous episode is one of the things, but it's worth it. Right? It's worth it. And I think that, you know, you have to ask yourself a question. You have to truly um search inside yourself. You know, you wanted to go to law school. Why did you want to go? Okay. Um and, and, and not only why did you wanna go, why did you endure all of those things you endured in law school? Right? Was it was it to, you know, you know, join a big and, and again, if it was, I'm not criticizing anything, but if it was to do that, great. But if it wasn't, if you, you know, have the desire, if you have the will, if you have the the, the spirit, right? If if you if, if you feel that 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 s- still small voice crying out to you to say, hey, wait a minute, I've got to do something to change this, and that's why you went to law school, then go. Then do it. And, and look, if you don't know, and just like anything else, if you don't know how to become a civil rights well, did then just, like I said, me, now, let me say this. Now, you know, there are ways you can do it, and of course, ABA is a resource, but we hope to at Civil Rights University to help provide that. Like, we hope to help provide you with the tools and resources to help you do that, right? We want The, the mission of Civil Rights University is educating a generation whatever generation it is of civil rights activists, okay? That's, that's, what, that's what we want to do. And, and I think that, again, we hope to be that clearinghouse. We hope to be that place that you can go and say, okay, I think I might want, want to be a civil rights lawyer. What, what, you know, what does that look like? Where does that entail? And one of the things that we do, and we hope you'll do, and one of the things in the courses that we provide, Civil Rights University, is to really show you some examples. You know, there used to be a, a, a saying, I say all the time, I say, you know, a wise man learns from his own mistakes, but an even wiser man learns from mistakes of others. Okay. And so with that being the case, I, I do think that's an important you know, point that, you know, obviously, and, and one of the things certainly that I, I have found and I think it's, it's true and I think uh, it's true for uh, Civil Rights University is that you know we really you know want to look at those that came before us? Like, there is a blueprint, you know, So so for as much as we say, you know, you know, there's nothing you know written down. Well, that may be true. Maybe in a formal sense, and maybe one of the things, like I said, that we hope to do at so, right, University is sort of formalize it a lot more, make it easy, more easily accessible, sort of put it all in one place where you can be easily consumed and and, and benefited from. But there is a path. There are examples. There are plenty of examples. Um, Dr. Kenneth Mack, who I believe is a professor at Harvard Law School now, I know he's got his um, JD from Harvard, and he got his PhD, I think, from Columbia in, in history. Um, did a great book uh, a few years ago called, I think, "The Making of the Civil Rights Lawyer." I think was the name of the book. And and so again, I mean, he and he gives examples. Right? There are examples there um and, and so again i mean i do think that that is one of the things that we uh, that we you know that that so there so there are resources out there and, and again one of the things we hope to do is to prov- help you to point you into the those directions of those into the direction of those resources like books examples if there are videos, excuse me. If there, if there, you know, movies. If there's um, anything else that might be able to help you um, make this decision and help you as you make this decision um, to do this great work, because it is a great work. Let's be clear, it is a great work. If you, you know, it's, it's, that's true. It is most certainly a great work. Okay, and so we hope that um, one of the things that we can do in helping you do this great. work Right. Is that you would um, be, you know, again, be able to help, you know, help you with these resources, help you on this journey. And we hope to be able to do that. Um, And so, 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 so again, like I said, if you're looking at being a civil rights attorney, there are resources out there. I mentioned a couple of them already. In addition Um, You know, we, you know, uh, like I said, we hope provide more information. We will have some courses that will be going hopefully soon, enrolling very soon. Um, We eventually hope to have a newsletter that will sort of have information, information about jobs, information about even uh, graduate programs that might be able to help you. Um, And also, um, in terms of, like I said, you know, laying out paths, highlighting what others have done, highlighting, you know, various paths to take. And providing those examples, providing those resources to really give you more confidence. Again, it's still your choice, but, again, we're hopefully here to help you along the way. Uh, and, again, we hope to be able to be, uh, again, to be supportive of you in that. Um, and so that that's what we hope to do. But, again, if you want to be a civil rights attorney, you know, check your heart, check your... Check it inside of you. And if you feel like you want to do it, do it. We talked about sort of the three traditional areas, but there are many others. Um, and so certainly make sure you take advantage of um, the resources available at Civil CivilRightsUniversity.com and Um Also, like I said, sign up because we will have more resources coming. Make sure to... Uh, listen to this podcast, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, uh, on iTunes. You can listen on Spotify and also Google Podcasts. Um, also, like I said, and you, speaking of you know, civil rights lawyers and civil rights cases, make sure to pick up my book, uh, Movement Mentors Dred Scott, Homer Plessy, Reverend Oliver Brown, Three Courageous Men, Their Landmark Cases, and Their Enduring Legacies. Because, again, it, it gives you a, a, a picture. Because obviously lawyers had to help bring these cases, and obviously the Brown case with Thurgood Marshall and, and 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 had been mentored by Charles Hamilton Houston, who were the preeminent rights, civil rights lawyers of our of our time. I actually also recently uh, discovered a book um, about a um, uh, Carol Mose. Uh, um, yeah, uh, um, um, uh, excuse me, Constance Baker Motley, okay, um, who had been, a, I think she was the first African-American federal judge, and she was essentially the preeminent female uh, African-American civil rights attorney right there at the Legal Defense Fund, Thurgood Marshall and, and others. And uh, lit helping litigate those uh, cases. So it's, it's a great book out there on her as well. So again, there are all these resources there. We hope to you know put them in front of you and, and make them access accessible to you. Uh, so again, make sure you check out our website, srashuniversity.com. So make sure you sign up for more information. Make sure you get a copy to get a, a book. Um, again, at Amazon or at the website srashuniversity.com. So um, and, like I said, again, we thank you for your listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we thank you for, like I said, listening and supporting our podcast. We, again, we do hope that this is valuable to you, uh, and we want to be there to help you. Again, make sure, again, like I said, we support you, and, and please continue in your civil rights activism and your social justice work. Until next time, this is, again, Brian Leonard. Founder of Civil Rights University, author of Movement Mentors, uh, and host of the Civil Rights University podcast. Um, look forward to uh, joining you and, and providing you with another episode um, um, in, in the future. Thank you so much. Today's episode. Uh, Again, make sure you subscribe on Apple uh, iTunes or uh, and also listen on Spotify, and make sure to go to civilrightsuniversity.com and sign up for more information and to be notified of any upcoming offerings that we have. Till next time, thanks again, and uh, continue forward in your civil rights um, uh, social justice activism. This is Brian Leonard, founder and host of. Civil Rights University podcast and founder of Civil Rights University. Thank you.